Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I'm Bill Barnwell. Today it's me, just me, doing a solo show, picking one free agent for each of the NFL's 32 teams to sign this upcoming free agency period. But first, wanted to quickly tell you about the First Draft Podcast with ESPN experts Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay, and Field Yates. These guys are keeping tabs on the latest in the NFL Draft, and you can now catch them twice a week, every Monday and Thursday. So check out Monday's show on YouTube as well. Download and subscribe to the First Draft Podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's talk about the free agent period coming up. Of course, we're seeing a bunch of news breaking here on Monday. The Calvin Ridley suspension, the biggest story. We've seen players franchised, uh, including Jesse Bates of the Bengals, David Njoku of the Browns. More to come on those fronts, of course. With that in mind, though, I wanted to run through each of the league's 32 teams because I feel like free agency is coming and everyone needs something there, there was no real great team out there in 2021 a lot of free agents for many of the key teams in last year's postseason so i feel like there's a lot to hit here so i wanted to come on and actually just do it on my own because with 32 teams and doing a podcast that's not three hours long kind of needed to be focused and specific so i'm going to run through i'll start with the teams in the afc work my way over to the NFC. Let's begin in Buffalo, in the AFC East. We'll start in the AFC East with the Bills, where Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler are both free agents. The Bills are rebuilding their defensive line uh, on, on the edge. We were talking about Mario Addison being a free agent, Jerry Hughes being a free agent. A lot of work to be done there in terms of adding depth to a line that's going to be very young, where we're going to have AJ Epinesa, Bookie Basham, Gregory Rousseau at defensive end, of course, at Oliver finishing out his rookie deal at defensive tackle next to a veteran star, to Lele. I like Sheldon Richardson here. I, it could be Ndamukong Sue as well. Um, I think you want to get another defensive tackle in that rotation, someone who can rush the passer for that Bills team from the interior. Going to be a lot of options there. Certainly, we're going to see some guys get cut as well. Um, so I, I think that makes sense. Also, I should say this thing before we get started as well, before we get started too much. Uh, I want to also say... These are players I think would make sense. Not necessarily players I think will actually happen. Certainly, I don't expect to go 32 for 32 or anywhere close. Uh, and I'm op also operating with free agents only. So I'm not going to be including Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to be operating under guys who have either been cut or heavily rumored to be released um, or players who are going to be unrestricted free agents. So focusing on that there. So Bill's getting Sheldon Richardson. For the Dolphins, I like Morgan Moses here, and I like going for a right tackle because they need to protect Tua Tango-Vailoa's blind side. You cannot leave uh, the, the Dolphins offensive line that was so horrific last year protecting Tua Tango-Vailoa into 2022. And the thing I like about Morgan Moses is his reliability. He has not missed a start since taking over in 2015, compared to the other tackles here on the market, Trent Brown has been hit by injuries over the past few years. Teron Armstead, excellent left tackle for the Saints, but Teron Armstead has missed this time, I think, every season pretty much in his career. Eric Fisher, a good year for the Colts last year, but coming off of that torn Achilles suffered late in the postseason in the 2020 postseason for the Chiefs. And I think you want to focus on a right tackle because Tua Tango-Vailoa is the one left-handed quarterback in the NFL, so you want to protect his blind side, I would go out and get maybe the best right tackle on the market in Morgan Moses. 
Patriots here, I'm going to get a little off the board. This is going to be a little bit of a head scratcher maybe, but I'm going to go Patrick Peterson, the veteran uh, superstar, or sorry, I guess maybe former superstar cornerback. I don't think most people would say he's playing at the level he was playing at earlier in his career, but still actually relatively young for uh, the guy who was this level of experience, still only 31, turns 32 in July. And I think he might play a very unique spot here. I, I could see him playing maybe as a cornerback in 2022, especially if the Patriots do lose J.C. Jackson, which seems like it's likely to happen. I also wonder if maybe he could play some free safety and sort of be the replacement for Devin McCourty if Devin McCourty chooses to retire. Devin McCourty also, by the way, a unrestricted free agent. I think Peterson's instincts, his smarts, his experience, all that would play up in a safety role. I know there are teams that are considering possibly going after Patrick Peterson and moving him to safety. And I think, of course, Bill Belichick, we know, gets the most out of so many defensive players. I think he could be a great fit there if the Patriots do think Patrick Peterson could be a long-term safety for the next several seasons, kind of extend his career in that way. For the Jets, uh, unsurprisingly, want to add weapons for Zach Wilson. Of course, they're kind of set at wide receiver on the outside with Elijah, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis, their expensive free agent addition from a year ago. You figure they bring back or add one of these slot receivers from this, from this group, they had Braxton Berrios last year. They had Jamison Crowder. Maybe one of those guys comes back, but they do need a tight end. And I like Tyler Conklin, a guy who had 61 catches for 593 yards and three touchdowns in really his first season as a starter because Irv Smith was out for the season. Irv Smith coming back, you would figure the Vikings are going to be reinstalling Irv Smith as their starter. I think Tyler Conklin had some impressive performances last season, a guy who could be a, a, a sort of soft pair of hands for Zach Wilson. And I think in a very deep tight end market, as I write about for ESPN this week, adding Tyler Conklin or adding a tight end might not come at the price maybe people are expecting. We'll see what happens. Certainly the Browns did franchise David and Joku, so one guy off the market there. But I do think the Jets should come away from this offseason with a new starter at tight end. Baltimore Ravens, Pat Rush was a mess a year ago. And now, of course, Glaze Campbell is a free agent. Justin Houston is a free agent. Uh, I, I know Adafi Wu is going to be playing his second season now as a former first-round pick, and I'm excited to see what he can do. But I think you want to add an interior pass rush option, just like the Bills I mentioned earlier. And I think I could see Akeem Hicks being an option for the Ravens here, a guy who was a monster years ago for the Bears. Not quite at that level, but did play better in 2021 than I think he had in 2019 or 2020. Still a veteran, still has a couple years of solid football left in his career. The, the, the Ravens are not, I don't think, going to break the bank in terms of adding defensive front seven pieces. This is a great draft for adding front seven pieces, but Akeem Hicks still only 32. A guy who I think can be a, you know, a, a, a defensive end on early downs and then play defensive tackle and rush from the interior on passing downs for the Baltimore Ravens. For the Bengals. I would love to tell you I have some contrarian idea. Love to tell you that I have something that no one else is suggesting. This is why you come to the Bill Barnwell Show, guys. I am suggesting the Bengals add an offensive lineman to protect Joe Burrow. I am not going to be bucking that trend here. I am going to suggest the Bengals take Brandon Scherf, the best offensive lineman available in this free agent market, period. If they can't get Brandon Scherf, I would go for Toron Armstead. I would go for anyone. I would not focus or care about position. I would not care about uh, moving Jonah Williams. I, I think nothing the Bengals have shown along the offensive line 
should be locked in stone for 2022. I think that you get the best piece you can. You add pieces in the draft. I think certainly the Bengals have to come out of this offseason with multiple new starters along the offensive line for Joe Burrow. So Scherf, I mean, probably getting a record deal for a guard. Bengals, not always the most aggressive team in free agency, certainly more so in recent years. They're probably going to cut Trey Waynes, you would figure. But I, I think they have to sort of take advantage. Joe Burrow has one year left on his rookie deal before he sort of gets that raise we're all expecting. Uh, certainly quarterbacks of Joe Burrow's caliber almost always get extensions after their third NFL season. So this is your window where Joe Burrow is not making a lot of money. So to me, I think you take advantage of that and you go after Scherf, who is one of the finest guards in football when healthy. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cleveland Browns, this is one where I am going to go for a player who has not been released yet, but rumors have suggested he is going to be on the market, and that is Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know that he's going to have a trade market at his salary, which I believe is in the $20 million range. Cowboys are going to need cap space. They've reportedly been more interested in bringing back uh, Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson and Dalton Schultz, which I think it's going to cost more than $20 million for all three, but certainly... Uh, a, a Cowboys team that looks to be transitioning away from Amari Cooper. And I think the Browns really need a physical wide receiver. Anthony Schwartz is going to be a downfield threat. Donovan Peoples-Jones had some nice plays this year. Jarvis Landry, whether he comes back or not, is a weapon in the slot. But they didn't get that guy who can win one-on-one as an ex-receiver in Odell Beckham. He was not that guy in Cleveland, or, or depending on who you ask, maybe he was that guy and Baker Mayfield just didn't see him. I think whether it's Baker Mayfield in 2022 or 2023, or whether it's someone else at quarterback, I think having Amari Cooper, having that guy who can be a guy who wins contested catches, who wins over the middle of the field, who's physical, who is big, I think is so important for that offense, something they really lack. And I think Amari Cooper would be a very logical weapon for the Cleveland Browns to add. In Pittsburgh, a team that does not always spend a lot in free agency, but a few years ago, they made an exception to go out and sign a cornerback from the Kansas City Chiefs and Stephen Nelson, who had several solid seasons with the Steelers. I think they might go back to that well this offseason. I like Traverius Ward maybe going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. A couple of free agents there, of course. They did cut Stephen Nelson before last season. Joe Hayden now, also a free agent. Uh, a team that was really deep at corner as recently as a couple of years ago does not have that same sort of depth of cornerback anymore. So to me, 
I, I could see Traverius Ward. Also, maybe they go out and add a safety. They were not good against the run a year ago. I think they were like bottom six or bottom seven in football outsiders DVOA statistic against the run. So maybe a strong safety with Trail Evans becoming a free agent. Maybe Trevor Peppers, who was hurt for the Giants a year ago, or Quandre Diggs, who Charlie Austin had in Detroit when he was the uh, coach there, and he's now the defensive coordinator for the Steelers. I, I think adding a box safety is something these Steelers are going to do this offseason, but I think cornerback a higher priority, and Ward's a good player. I, I know he's not a player who we talk about as a, a superstar, but passer rating below 80 allowed in coverage in two of the last three seasons. To me, I think an underrated player, and I think a guy who can be a starting caliber cornerback for a very good Steelers defense. Of course, you've got to figure they're going to address the quarterback and address offensive line in the draft or maybe via trade. So Indianapolis, sorry, let's get to Houston. I apologize. I realize Texans fans are probably a little sensitive about teams or about analysts forgetting about Houston. That's my mistake. I'm sorry, but I'm going to go with Jayon Brown, uh, formerly of Tennessee. I have to be realistic, guys. I'm trying to pick people who would make sense for where these teams are. The Texans are not one player away from making a difference in the AFC South. They were a mess at linebacker and safety a year ago. Christian Kirksey is a free agent. Kamu Grugier-Hill is a free agent. Uh, Justin Reed is a free agent. Need help at linebacker and safety. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of guys who are desperate to go to Houston. We saw last year a lot of guys went there on one-year deals because they didn't really have a ton of options elsewhere. And I think Jayon Brown's a guy who maybe you buy low on, a player who was a multi-year starter for Tennessee. He was solid in coverage but lost his job. Uh, you know, over a stretch last season. I think to me, you kind of have to take some shots on players who, you know, might not have opportunities to start elsewhere and say, okay, this is your chance to be a starting player for us. I think J.M. Brown's ability and coverage would play up in Lovey Smith's defense. For the Colts, I'm assuming here Carson Wentz is gone. I, I think the, the report by Chris Mortensen suggesting that the Colts would either trade Carson Wentz or cut Carson Wentz if they can't find a trade partner is enough for me to sort of lock that in. That's the difference between maybe an Aaron Rodgers and a Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz's situation. So the Colts are going to need a quarterback. It's Sam Ellinger. Um, and I have to forget, James Morgan, I believe, is the number three quarterback with the Colts. I mean, Jacob Eason, not even on the roster anymore, was picked, I think, by the Seahawks uh, in midseason. So, yeah, James Morgan and Sam Ellinger, not options for the Colts at quarterback. Now, granted, they could have someone they love in the draft. They could... You bring Andrew Luck back. I don't think that is necessarily on the cards. I think Colts fans would love that. But needing a quarterback, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I think his accuracy plays up. He's a leader. He's beloved wherever he's gone to play. Broncos were basically on pace to either make the playoffs or be very close to making the playoffs when Teddy Bridgewater was in the lineup before Teddy Bridgewater suffered an injury at the end of the season. I like Teddy's ability to operate behind a very good offensive line, which always helps. And I think his accuracy is a real strength and i don't always think he's the best quarterback when it comes to playing in cold weather i, I don't love him in the conditions because his arm is not necessarily all that strong but colts play in a dome 12 of their 17 games in 2022 are in a dome and to me i think that's not the end of the quarterback story for the colts i think you get in, you draft teddy bridgewater you sign teddy bridgewater you can still draft a quarterback in 2022 or draft a quarterback in 2023 if you do add teddy bridgewater so uh, I don't think they should have from Carson Wentz, but if they do, I think Teddy Bridgewater would be a either bridge starter or a short-term starter for them in the season to come. Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, everything this offseason has to be about making Trevor Lawrence's life 
less miserable than it was in 2021. Urban Meyer is gone. We have uh, Doug Peterson coming in. A huge, huge upgrade for the Jaguars at head coach. Great start. The receivers, I mean, I could see them adding a weapon, certainly. Um, of course, talk about them drafting a left tackle with the first overall pick. But I think you also need to address guard. Andrew Norwell, AJ Can, both free agents. Uh, I think adding James Daniels from the Chicago Bears would make sense. A guy who, inconsistent, I, I think if you ask Bears fans, they would tell you he has not been the most consistent player. And certainly the Bears offensive line was not great a year ago, but James Daniels might have been their best line in last year at right guard. Still only 24 years old, and, and I think a player who you know can grow over the next several seasons. I think the Jags probably need to come away from this offseason with multiple starters along the offensive line. And the reality is, guys, there's a lot of teams need offensive linemen and very few offensive linemen available in free agency. So I think Daniels getting installed at right guard there would make sense for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, elsewhere in that division, Tennessee, of course, coming off of the disappointing playoffs, an excellent regular season. They need tight ends, man. All of their tight ends are free agents heading into this offseason. Anthony Ferkser is gone. Jeff Swaim is gone. Michael Pruitt is gone. Ryan Izzo is gone. Those guys might come back, not out of the question, but on paper, those guys are all unrestricted free agents. So I think you have to add at least one veteran tight end. Wouldn't be surprised if they addressed it further in the draft. I, I like Hayden Hurst um, for Tennessee. I think a solid 2A player, sort of underrated in some ways because he's always been surrounded by a more athletic receiving tight end in Baltimore. It was Mark Andrews who kind of emerged as the guy there in Atlanta. Of course, it was Kyle Pitts, who is just a freak uh, at tight end, a different sort of athlete. Hayden Hurst is a solid player, though. And on top of that, he has some familiarity and some comfort with this offense. He played last year for Arthur Smith, who was the former OC in Tennessee. Not exactly the same stuff they were running in Tennessee. Uh, under Todd Downing when he took over his OC, when Arthur Smith left to go coach the Falcons. But I think a player who can be, if not plug and play, at least kind of have a step up versus the competition. And I think Tennessee has to add at least one starting caliber tight end. And to me, I think Hurst is the guy who makes sense for them there. Move on to the AFC West. Denver Broncos, of course, some rumors, uh, maybe, maybe spurred on by Von Miller himself, that Von Miller will be returning. That would be a really fascinating story. Also think they have to address inside linebacker or middle linebacker because that was a mess for them last season. Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, Kenny Young, sorry, Kenny Young. Uh, was it Kenny Young? Now I'm forgetting uh, the player. Yes, it was Kenny Young. Got traded from the Rams, uh, I think, and the Von Miller trade, if I'm not mistaken. The Broncos were not very good at defending tight ends, defending running backs in coverage. Middle of the field was a problem for them a year ago. So, you bring in Nathaniel Hackett as the head coach. He saw Devondre Campbell play incredible football for the Packers last year. One of the more shocking seasons we saw from any player in 2021. Devondre Campbell, the guy who had kind of bounced around a bit, had been with the Falcons, always a good athlete, not always the best in coverage, suddenly has a career season with the Green Bay Packers, a team that we know is in rough cap shape. Signed Devondre Campbell on a one-year deal because they just needed guys who they thought were competent to play meaningful roles. Devondre Campbell had a great season. I don't know if they can compete with the Broncos in terms of cap space. So to me, I think uh, whether you get Aaron Rodgers or not, that's a separate story for a separate conversation. I think Devondre Campbell makes sense in Denver. The Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you saw it in the AFC Championship game. They did not have a guy 
who could win what, what, what sort of teams were sort of clouding the middle of the field in that game they did not have a plan b the chiefs had a plan a and the plan a worked awesome in the first half but sort of like the, the browns they don't have that guy outside of travis kelsey travis kelsey granted is awesome and a phenomenal football player but i'd like to see them add another physical force at wide receiver the byron pringles the nicole hardman's the Demarcus Robinsons, I think they can upgrade there. We saw them go after Juju Smith-Schuster last offseason before he re-signed with the Steelers. I don't think it's Juju here. We have Juju going somewhere else later in the show. But what about Allen Robinson? And this, to me, is sort of fan service for myself. I, I've been wanting to see Allen Robinson play with a competent quarterback for the better part of the last decade. It was Christian Hackenberg in Phil in uh, Penn State, I should have Philadelphia. Christian Hackenberg at Penn State, Blake Bortles in Jacksonville, Mitch Trubisky with the Bears, and all the guys who followed Mitch Trubisky over the past couple of years. And last year, Allen Robinson had a down season. Allen Robinson not probably going to get a multi-year deal for meaningful money. So I think if you're going to rebuild your value on a one-year contract, try to get that one final extension uh, as you hit your late 20s. I do like Allen Robinson going to the Chiefs in a one-year deal, maybe in the $7 million range. Love him as sort of the third option there. And I think he's also a bit of a hedge. I mean, what happens if Terry Kill gets hurt? What happens if Travis Kelsey gets old, which he is? I mean, he's getting into his mid-30s at this point, or, or Travis Kelsey gets hurt. I think they need to have a third option at receiver there. And I think, I, I know that they don't want to spend a ton of money in adding weapons or a ton of their draft assets in adding weapons, but I think Allen Robinson would be a very logical fit for both sides. The Chargers, a team that... For all, all, all they had on defense, for all the talent they have on defense, could not come up with a stop when they needed one against the Raiders. Should they add a defensive lineman? Yes. But I think they can do that in the draft. This is a very deep draft for front seven pieces. I want them to go cornerback, but I'm going big here. This is where J.C. Jackson lands for me with the Chargers. I think a significant playmaker, which they need alongside Derwin James. He can move around the defensive formation. He can handle number one guys. I think Michael Davis... You know, was sort of in that role last year, did his best, but I think it's a lot to ask of Michael Davis, maybe better as a number two than a number one. And I think it just gives Brandon Staley so much positional flexibility. I, I don't know that he's Jalen Ramsey. I think Jalen Ramsey is one of one in the NFL, but I think JC Jackson can be a guy who Brandon Staley uses in a similar-ish role to Jalen Ramsey. And I think he has such enormous upside, been so consistent from year to year in terms of creating takeaways which is really hard to do i mean it's so hard to to come away with 25 interceptions in three years have two consecutive eight pick seasons a guy who just you know great ball skills great instincts well coached i mean i and still only 26 i mean still only 26 turns 27 in november so a guy who can be a useful player for several years to come i think this is a chance for the chargers again one year away from a likely justin herbert extension to take a big swing and add a impact player for your defense. J.C. Jackson, for me, a logical fit for the Chargers. For the Raiders, not quite as exciting of an option. I mean, they were getting by basically with a bunch of veterans on one-year deals at defensive tackle uh, a year ago. I think that's something they want to address in the big picture. I think it's a position they could maybe address in the draft. To me, I, I think adding Austin Johnson makes sense. A guy who was a useful player for the Giants a year ago. Patrick Graham, of course, moves over from the Giants. He's now the Raiders defensive coordinator. I think adding Austin Johnson on a one-year deal in the $3 million range would make sense for the Raiders. Again, maybe not the most exciting option. They could certainly be looking at an Allen Robinson to play outside. I think they probably need to add another wide receiver 
to that mix with, with Hunter Renfro operating inside and Brian Edwards maybe not being an FX starter, but maybe they bring back Zay Jones, who was good kind of the last few games of the season. And that's something I was expecting for a guy who, I mean, had always struggled with drops, had not always been consistent, but a player who was making catches for the Raiders in the second half of the year. All right, the NFC. Let's start with a big one. Let's start with a big one. In the NFC East, I pitched this a little bit in my column several days ago. I think Tyron Matthews should go to the Cowboys. I, I just love the fit of a defensive leader, a guy who is a playmaker in a secondary where we know, I mean, they have playmakers already. They're in weird, tra- that's not weird transition, but they're, they're making some shifts to the core of that team. Demarcus Lawrence was asked to take a pay cut, might end up getting cut. Amari Cooper might get cut. They're going to spend some money to bring back the pieces around uh, C.D. Lamb and Dak Prescott in the passing game. But I think Matthew is the safety they haven't had for years. All three of their starting safeties last year, or their three primary safeties, I should say, Devontae Casey, Jaron Curse, Emily Cooker are all free agents. I I think he solidifies it's been a weak spot for them for a while now and, and gives them a leader on the defensive side of the ball. That could be a really fun secondary and, and a championship caliber secondary if they get a great free safety in the mix there. So for me, I think Tyron Matthew, who looks like will not be franchised, looks like they're going with Orlando Brown and Kansas City. I think that's a swing Jerry Jones should consider taking. For the Giants, they need to add offensive line help. Uh, Will Hernandez, their second round pick from the early days, I believe, that Dave Gettleman-era is a free agent. I, I like Laurent Duvarnay-Tardy, the, of course, legendary doctor who missed the 2020 season when he was treating COVID. Um, a player who did not really get much run for the Chiefs last year. Trey Smith kind of took his spot in the lineup uh, during that Tradif you know, was hurt, or I think early on, and never came back, and then was traded to the Jets. And only he played a half season with the Jets, kind of stepped in for a team that really, I mean, desperately needed to protect their quarterbacks. And he was good. I mean, above average by pass block win rate and run block win rate after really missing a season and a half up to that point. So to me, um, Giants added my Kafka as our offensive coordinator. I think going after a Chiefs player or a former Chiefs player would make sense. I think Duvernay-Tredif is a totally solid guard, a, a guy who in the short term at least makes you feel a little better that you can protect Daniel Jones and what's going to be a crucial season for him in, in 2022. For the Eagles, they're going to make investments. You've got to figure up front, probably the position they will address with one or more of their first-round picks on defense. Maybe they go after a quarterback, who knows? But I think a player I could see them adding is Justin Reed. The the former Texan safety had a very rough season. I mean, was was suspended at one point for, I think, a, a verbal dispute with David Culley, if I'm not mistaken. A player who looked to be on the upswing, frankly. Looked to be like maybe like a Jesse Bates kind of emerging safety, but a real major step backwards a year ago. And granted, I don't blame anyone for taking a step backwards with the 2021 Texans. That's basically wasting your time when it comes to your football career. The Eagles, of course, Anthony Harris, Rodney McLeod, both free agents after this season. So, or after the season that just passed. So major question marks and safety for the Eagles. And also Justin Reed's only 25. He, he just turned 25 and that does matter to teams. You, you will see teams go after the youngest free agents in this pool. So I mentioned James Daniels with the Jaguars and Justin Reed, I think one of the youngest undrafted or sorry unrestricted i should say free agents in this free agent class the eagles are not going to let that pass them by i think they're going to add a safety i think justin reed makes total sense this is an organization that's still if we're being honest is kind of still recovering from 
letting Brian Dawkins leave all those years ago. I feel like they're still compensating a little bit. It's worked out okay. They did win a Super Bowl. But I think given how Howie Roseman has approached safety for most of his tenure as a general manager, I do think they're going to invest in safety this offseason. And I think Justin Reed would make a lot of sense. Um, for Washington, finishing up the NFC East here, they're going to have to replace at least one guard. Brandon Scherf is going to leave. He's not going to get a third franchise tag. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll resign. I guess you can't rule that out, but they have been able to get a deal done up to this point. Eric Flowers, who plays the other guard spot, a likely cap casualty, not a great player, and do $10 million this upcoming season. I think Andrew Norwell would make sense. Um, a player who Ron Rivera drafted in Carolina was an all pro his final season with the Panthers, left because of cap constraints, went to the Jaguars, and did not play well. Got hurt, was not the player he had been during that season, but a player who's still a, a useful guard, still a competent guard when healthy. And to me, I think the Washington Commanders, I, I can say the, the name again, uh, the Washington Commanders are a team that I think they still fancy themselves at the very least as a team that wants to run the ball. Ron Rivera, I don't think that's ever going to get out of Ron Rivera's system. So to me, I think going after Norwell on a one-year deal, having some veteran presence at guard, and then who knows what they're going to do at quarterback. Certainly, the rumors have said they want to trade for Russell Wilson. Their first offer was reportedly declined. For the Bears, I, I think they're going to need a bunch. They're going to probably need, oh, geez, I think seven if I'm not mistaken, six or seven new starters along their offensive line. So don't know that that's going to be something they address in free agency. Maybe they'll add a piece or two, but I do think I want to send them at another cornerback. I think Matt Eberflus is going to want to have cornerbacks he can trust. They, I guess not play as much Tampa too as people suggest. That was really more earlier in his tenure, but I do think we'll see plenty of zone. And I'm going to go with Desmond King, who was a, a good cornerback for the Texans this past season. Not a guy who ever gets a lot of hype. Not a player who I think is a superstar cornerback, but just a consistent player. And, and I think a guy who, you know, uh, just gets the job done. Like, like he's never going to have a, a season where he's going to make a Pro Bowl. He's never going to have a season where he is a, a dominant football player. But a guy who just you can rely on on one side of the field to do his job. And, and I think... For Matt Eberflus, I think that's a good start for that Bears defense. So, of course, Jalen Johnson is going to play one side. I would figure Desmond King could play the other side there. For Detroit, obviously a lot of work to do, a lot of pieces to add. They're not one free agent away, but I think you might go out and add a difference maker. And I think Marcus Williams could be a logical fit for the Lions. Not really anything at free safety for Detroit. On their current roster, I don't know that Will Harris is a long-term free safety or a long-term above average safety. Certainly, I think that, you know, they're going to try Jeff Akuda again after he suffered an injury this past season. It's been a very ugly start to the former third overall pick's career. Uh, Amani Aurie was excellent, relatively. I mean, for a guy who I don't think anyone really was paying that much attention to, uh, looked like a solid starter last year. And this is a, a Lions team that has a Saints brain trust in, in two key roles, Dan Campbell, of course, the head coach, Aaron Glenn, the defensive coordinator. Would not be shocked if they went back to the wall for Williams, who's a super, super talented safety. I think if they won in the corner, maybe they go for Darius Williams from the Rams. But I do think that Marcus Williams as a might, might make him the highest paid safety in football, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a lot to ask. He's not a guy who is like a Matthew who's going to be a, a sort of the same sort of playmaker. But... 
Marcus Williams is such a solid player. And I know that everyone remembers him from the Vikings game. He's a much better player than that one play would suggest. So I think a guy who is going to get a very big deal, going to be tough for the Saints to bring him back after franchising him a year ago. Maybe they get a deal done, but I do think that maybe Marcus Williams leaves and the Lions would make sense for him there. For the Packers, I'm sort of assuming Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I'm assuming that Devontae Adams is coming back. If, if that's not the case, then this may change. But I think if those two come back, I think you add another weapon, a player who I've actually been linking to them for two years now and they haven't done it. But I'm going to go with Will Fuller, a player who missed pretty much all of 2021 with a finger injury, um, a, a, just a messy season. But a guy who was a dominant receiver at times in 2020 and a deep threat, which I think the Packers do need. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown are both free agents. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, you got to figure Randall Cobb's going to be back if Aaron Rodgers is back. Those guys aren't exactly burners. And, and I think Will Fuller probably has to get a one-year deal for much less than he signed for a year ago. And this is a great place to rebuild. Aaron Rodgers is going to have the opportunity to throw deep. And Will Fuller is a player who can threaten opposing secondaries when they're focused on Devontae Adams. So I, I think Will Fuller could go to a bunch of places and be a, a sort of number two receiver who could be really promising. And I think certainly Green Bay makes sense for him there. For Minnesota, uh, you bring in Ed Donatel to be the defensive coordinator. He was formerly with the Broncos. Vikings cornerbacks are just a disaster. I mean, Patrick Peterson is a free agent. Um, Mike Zimmer, who had been so good at developing cornerbacks for years, I mean, the, the cupboard was pretty bare by the time he left. And I think Mike, Mike Zimmer would tell you that, given you know what little faith he seemed to have in guys like Cam Dantzler uh, by the end of his run there. So I think he had a cornerback. I don't think it's going to be a big investment. But I think about Bryce Callahan, a guy who was, you know, has struggled with injuries at times, but a useful slot cornerback. I think you could really add any cornerback you want and get some sense but or, or get some value. But I think adding Bryce Callahan, you sort of start there. You probably are looking at a cornerback in the draft as well. And again, this all may depend on what the Vikings end up doing with Kirk Cousins. If they want to launch into a much bigger rebuild, which doesn't seem like they have the appetite to do, maybe they don't go in that direction. But I think starting with Bryce Callahan, having a, you know, a, a guy who you can count on to be a competent slot corner when he's healthy, I think you start there for the Vikings. Falcons, of course, everything thrown into disarray by what happened with Calvin Ridley uh, on Monday and certainly you know, still a lot to come out on that story. I don't want to talk about it too much because I think we're still seeing, you know, sort of the reports come out about what actually happened. Either way, whether the Falcons have Calvin Ridley or they don't have Calvin Ridley, their defense is a mess. Their pass rush is a disaster. They've already cut Dante Fowler to create some cap space. You've got to figure they had at least one pass rusher this offseason, either in free agency or in the draft, a guy who they need to start. They can't just add, you know, some death bases. To me, I think they take a shot on Jason Pierre-Paul, who had a rough season last year. Two and a half sacks, five knockdowns on 601 snaps. But a guy who was one year removed from being an impact player on a Super Bowl winning team. And that team also happens to be in the NFC South, which is a total mess right now. I, I think for the Falcons, there is some value in going after players inside that division. Because who knows if the Falcons might have the, the, the best team in that division depending on how the quarterback situations breaks. I mean, you look at Matt Ryan as the starting quarterback, and maybe Matt Ryan is not the guy he was a few years ago, but he's in a division where the other starting quarterbacks right now are Sam Darnold, Taysom Hill, and I guess Hal Trask, Blaine Gabbard. I mean, there's no good answer there. 
So the Falcons, even though their their underlying numbers last year were horrific, like they have a viable path towards winning this division. So I think they have to address the position with players in the draft. But I also think adding JPP on a one year deal to try and get some veteran uh, push at, at on the edge makes total sense. JPP is 33 years old, but just underwent offseason shoulder surgery. Maybe that gets him right heading into 2022. For the Panthers, I mean, it has been a disaster at left tackle. They've started eight different guys as their primary left tackle in eight seasons. You cannot do that in the NFL. One of the reasons why Cam Newton was injured and not 100% and ended up, you know, sort of causing his career to drop off, I think that it's a position that the, the Panthers have just, just not addressed. I mean, the guys they've tried to draft or sign have either been short-term solutions or haven't worked out. And I, I think you have to go for a more significant option. Taylor Moden uh, is doing a good job at right tackle, but I think Eric Fisher would be a logical landing spot here. I think Eric Fisher, you know, he's always been a good player. I think he's maybe a little overrated just because he was the first overall pick all those years ago for the Chiefs. And I think, you know, that, that's always going to make you a more notable player. He's a very good, maybe not great, but very good left tackle. And for the Panthers, whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's someone else, I mean, it doesn't matter. If you don't have a left tackle who can pass protect, it's going to be a mess. Eric Fisher does have the Achilles injury in his past, but he's still only 31, should still have a few years left. To me, I think the Panthers should make him a priority on what I commit for. Yeah, I think you have to commit to him for three years if you're going to do this. It, it's a risk. But frankly, the Panthers have been such a mess at left tackle that I think I'd be willing to take that risk and use my draft picks to maybe go after a quarterback or go after a player at a different position. For the Saints, I'm not going to get into the cap situation. You know it's not great. Yes, they can restructure. But when everyone else can restructure, the Saints are still at the bottom in terms of available cap space. I think you're looking at a one-year deal with some voidable years. And I think adding a weapon for whoever is playing quarterback for the Saints in 2022 would make sense. So this is where I think... I'd like to see Juju Smith-Schuster go. I, I think that the Saints can't depend on Michael Thomas, who's now missed basically two seasons with an ankle injury. If he plays, if he's the guy he was three years ago, hey, great. That's awesome. Michael Thomas is a phenomenal player when he's healthy, but I don't think you can lock him in. And I think if you can't lock him in, that depth chart, it's Marquez Callaway, it's guys like that. I, I'm not overwhelmed, whether it's Jameis Winston, whether it's Taysom Hill, whoever it is. I think adding Juju on a one-year deal you have massive upside guy who's still so young I mean, a guy who you know had an incredible season in his second year as a pro maybe he's not that guy maybe he's never going to be that guy again but he's still only 25 and, and a player who i mean whatever you think about him as a you know about his tiktok which what 25 year old isn't comfortable on tiktok about his you know social media presence like juju's a, a, a tough dude he is a a physical player he's a guy who his teammates love. And I, I think having Juju Smith-Schuster on that Saints team is just a great fit. It's such a such a unique locker room. It's such a tight-knit locker room. I think Juju would fit into there really well. So I think taking that shot on Juju Smith-Schuster as either your number two if Michael Thomas is back or your number one if Michael Thomas is not his old self, I think is such a logical fit for the Saints and what they need right now on that roster. For Tampa, this is where I have Carson Wentz going. I've sort of said this a bunch of times now. I, I wouldn't be shocked if a trade happened. But again, I, I know that our Chris Mortensen, one of the best in the business, one of the most reliable and respected voices in the business, said the Colts are willing to cut Carson Wentz if they can't get a trade done. So 
I'm using that as my logic to get Carson Wentz here in Tampa. Bruce Arians, uh, the guys he compared Carson Wentz to, granted in 2017, but the guys he compared Carson Wentz to are Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger. And right now the Bucs have Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask as their quarterback options. I think if they can get Carson Wentz for a late round pick or they can sign Carson Wentz as a free agent, I think even though Carson Wentz struggled at the end of last season, I think Bruce Arians takes that opportunity 10 times out of 10. So I think Carson Wentz is the 2022 starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Finishing up here with the NFC West for the Cardinals. Uh, I think they go in a different direction on defense. Chandler Jones is a free agent. I don't think they bring him back, but I would say, what about Stephon Gilmore here? Cornerback has been a major weakness for the Cardinals over the past few years. Last year, um, they had Robert Alford stay healthy for the first time, I think, in three years uh, and do a good job. I thought he was a competent starter, but they had Marco Wilson, their rookie fourth rounder, uh, and, and he, did not, he did not play well. I mean, it was a big ass for any rookie fourth rounder to be a regular starter. He was a player that teams targeted week after week, and we saw in the playoff loss to the Rams, Marco Wilson did not have a great game by any stretch of the imagination. I don't blame him, but that's just the position the Cardinals put themselves in. I think adding Gilmore, he's not a direct replacement for Chandler Jones, but I think he also changes what you can do on defense. Having a corner you trust as a, a man corner, as a guy who can hold down one side of the field if you need to, I, I think that means the Cards can play man more, they can blitz more because of that, and I think that helps counter the loss of Chandler Jones. So to me, you know, I, I think you add Stefan Gilmore, you dramatically upgrade your corner situation. And then I think that gives you more freedom to do stuff up front because you can trust that the guys you have in coverage are more likely to hold up. For the Rams, uh, I'm going to take the rumors about Von Miller uh, as a suggestion that he's not coming back to the Rams. And if that's the case, I think you have to add another edge rusher. I think having, um, you know, the pieces they have there already are fine. And I, and I think that you can you know, maybe get some guys on the cheap here and there because I think a lot of guys are going to want to play for the Rams. But, you know, as good as Leonard Floyd was at stretches last year, I think the Rams really hit a new level when Von Miller really wasn't even the first part of his run there because he wasn't really playing all that well when he first got there. But into December, into the postseason, Von Miller was a huge difference maker. And there's so many guys, whether it's a, a Leonard Floyd or a Von Miller or a Dante Fowler, who really elevated their game once they played next to Aaron Donald. So they could bring back Dante Fowler. I think that would make sense. But I like them adding Chandler Jones. I, I think that would be a, a really interesting fit. It would cost them a comp pick, which they are going to get to Von Miller. I know we all think the Rams hate picks. I can promise you they take a lot of comp picks back, and that's one of the reasons they are comfortable making trades for guys like Von Miller. But I wouldn't be surprised if they added a veteran edge rusher like a Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones, if he doesn't have a big multi-year market, which I think he probably will but if he doesn't i think adding him with the rams would be such a great fit just a great opportunity to play next to a superstar in aaron donald 
you get a bunch of one-on-one situations. Your numbers almost always go up. Taylor Jones, of course, had five sacks on the opener last year. It was not really the same guy from that point forward. So could be done. Could be a, a lesser version of his old self, but I'd like to see him here on a one-year deal. Prove what he can do. Maybe he gets that one more, that one final multi-year deal after leaving Los Angeles after this season. Two teams left with the Seattle Seahawks, another team that needs to add pass rushing help. And if the Panthers do not franchise Hassan Reddick, which I think they probably will, but maybe they won't. Hassan Reddick is still just 27 years old. And since the Cardinals made him a full-time pass rusher, a full-time edge rusher after, or sorry, during the 2021 season, he's been phenomenal. 23 and a half sacks and 34 knockdowns. The, the Seahawks need to add help at cornerback. They need to resign Quandre Diggs at safety. They probably need a new left tackle if they don't bring back Dwayne Brown. But I think if you can get Hassan Reddick, guy who has been consistently productive since he moved into this role, I think that could be a, a defensive difference maker for the Seahawks, a team that, I mean, their defense needs to change. Pete Carroll said as much in his press conferences. I think he said they were greedy is maybe the word I'm trying to think of that he said they were doing. Um, but that defense is going to look different in 2022 than it did in years past. And I think adding a, a guy who can win one-on-one in Hassan Reddick is something the Seahawks need. And, and certainly they won't have their first-time pick because that is going to the Jets as part of the Jamal Adams trade. Finishing up here with another team that doesn't have a first-round pick and the San Francisco 49ers, a team that has invested, I don't know, how many draft picks, how much, how much money, how much capital into skill position players, and often they've neglected their secondary. The front four, of course, we know in San Francisco has been very good. They have a great linebacker in Fred Warner, but they have not really done much at cornerback. Last year, we saw Josh Norman playing regular snaps. We saw Drake Kirkpatrick playing snaps here and there. They were a team that had to get by, partly because of injuries, to be fair, partly because they just have not invested very much at cornerback. We saw Ambry Thomas, their rookie, get beat for a couple of big plays in that Rams game in the NFC Championship game. So Niners are going to have cap space after they trade Jimmy Garoppolo. Some of that will go to Debo Samuel, who's going to get a new deal. But this is my landing spot for Carlton Davis. If the Bucks do franchise Chris Godwin, Carlton Davis is going to get a lot of money. And I think for the Niners, having a superstar cornerback is something they have not been able to enjoy. Richard Sherman was good uh, during his run there. Jason Barrett was was shockingly good and shockingly healthy in 2020. But of course, we saw him get hurt again early in the 2021 season. He's a free agent. And I don't think you can count on him being healthy again if he comes back. Carlton Davis has been just a, you know, I think people remember that one game where he went up against Tyree Kill and Tyree Kill basically obliterated him one-on-one. I don't think you want him one-on-one against Tyree Kill. And there have been some injury issues for Carlton Davis as well. He has not played more than 14 games as a pro. But we know the Niners love guys who are just, you know, absolute difference makers of their position. It's Trent Williams or it's Kyle Juszczyk. Um, I think Carlton Davis is that sort of caliber of player at cornerback. Maybe not a top three or top four guy, but if you can look at the top eight or top ten corners, Carlton Davis is likely somewhere in that mix if he has people in the NFL. So still very young, still only 25, turned 25 on Chris or New Year's Eve, I should say. I think Carlton Davis could be a big money addition for a San Francisco 49ers team that has a cheap quarterback in Trey Lance for the next couple of seasons. So I think they're going to add a quarterback to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. 
And I think you use some of the savings to add the most impressive cornerback on this year's free agent market in Carlton Davis. All right, guys, we hit it. We got to every single NFL team. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm very stressed and worried. I forgot somebody, and I'm going to hear fans of that team very angry at me for not including them. But I'm pretty sure we got to all 32. And I think there's a lot of logical fits here. Some of them will happen. Most of them probably will not. At the end of the day, money is money. And a lot of guys are rightfully going to take the biggest offer. But I think there's some logical fits for each of the league's 32 teams. So I hope you enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoy free agency in the days to come. I'm sure we're going to be talking about it next week on the Bill Barnwell Show. So thanks for listening and more audio on the way.